What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, April 10th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the rogue one, Gary Witta. Good morning. We're back. We're back. The dynamic duo, the one everybody wanted. They said, where is Gary? Where's Greg? Here we are. I always enjoy hosting with other people. I like Tim. I like Fran. Sure, I like Andre. Sure. All the other people. I've, it's always a joy. Yeah. But there's only one OG. This is the real connection right here. You're talking about Greg. This is what it's all about. You're looking very dapper today. Thank you. Of course, yes, I am in a full suit if you're an audio listener. Why, you might ask, because today... We have a wedding at Kind of Funny. We are marrying two Kind of Funny best friends, Demetrius and Rihanna. They will be here 3 p.m. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. I am officiating. How does something like that come about? They hit us up there. I mean, there. This is gifted Dim sixty three. If you didn't know, that's that's uh, Demetrius. Uh, Ree's been around forever too. Uh, they're best friends who are well known in the community for okay. going above and beyond. Okay. And so when they reached out a while back saying, "Hey, we're getting married and we'd really love to be do it at the studio and have be surrounded by other kind of funny best friends and have Greg be the officiant," we thought that's that sounds pretty up the alley of kind of funny in terms of and what this we're going even, for here. Isn't even the first time you've done this. I mean, you've married people before at kind of funny live events. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Kind of funny prom. We married. We married two. But this is the first time it's been done like on the show. Exactly, yeah. It's a standalone thing. We're not doing it as an episode of anything. It's just going to be a Twitch stream that's up there that we do. You know, change the walls over here, make it very right. wedding thing. Is this going to be like a like it's going to look like a chapel back here? Or I don't something? know what. The, I, somebody made a graphic. I was told, right, Kev? There's a. Like, don't you have to spoil it? Don't spoil it. Make people come. <laughs> Give them, leave them wanting. You know. Yeah, there's a video that's been made. Oh, a video's been made. All right. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want you to know that uh, Kevin and I went out to buy kegs to refill the kegerator yesterday. We bought some champagne and some charcuteries. We got the cheeses. We got the meats. Oh wow! Because so when they get a whole, here, a whole reception oh, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, totally, totally, really, totally. really, uh, really. You know, we spare out. no expense of what can come out of a prepackaged cheese and meat tray. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, I know, I know you're um, you're obviously a, 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 a professional, broadcast professional. Sure, yeah, of course. When you do something like this, though, when you when you marry people, are you do you get are you nervous at all? Because obviously, it's a big it's a big deal for them. You no, don't want to mess it up. These nobodies. What do I care? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, this is the best. It's one. all about you anyway. Of really, course. right? This is yeah, of course. This is the best one, I think, in terms... And that kind of funny prom is a completely different beast because live audience, and we were yeah. doing a prom around it. Right. In terms of the weddings I've done before, this one I feel like the least pressure because these are kind of funny best friends who are very specifically wanting a kind of funny... They, they want me to be Greg about it. They don't want... Like right. when I married Scott and Cindy, it was very much, how much do you want me to be Greg from the internet and how much do you want me to be just get right, you married respect like, how about done, you yeah. just get us married I'm right. like, that sounds i can do okay. that i can do that yeah. okay yeah today gloves off though maybe i'll take my pants off nobody knows and if i do everybody's gonna go <laughs> we had a wacky wedding internet gold exactly that's what it's all about all how right. have you been i haven't seen you in a long time i've been okay um yeah because i mean I, I i've been here i didn't go anywhere that's you, true you're the one you still come into work on a normal basis I've, st- yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've been coming in every wednesday listen i had a great time with uh fran last week we had a very busy news day it was a good uh a good day we had a good conversation about that was the week that um well, the anthem stuff broke. Sure, yeah. Well, so we were talking so about anthem and the Jason so Schreier piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's been, you know, why I haven't had a chance to wait. I'm not suggesting we do it now, but you know, have you guys been covering the whole um, uh, conversation about difficulty and accessibility of in games that came out? Of course, been a big, yeah, big yeah, conversation yeah. the past, crazy. past yeah, couple yeah, yeah. of weeks. Ongoing, ongoing. Where What's do you stand? I'm curious. Where do you? Because I've, I've not seen your hot take. Where do you stand on? I don't have a hot take. That's the thing. I like to think Greg Miller has measured takes for the most part, unless they're about trophies. I think the answer is somewhere in between. I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of games uh, excluding people in general. Like, right. uh, Especially when we're talking about accessibility, right? We talk about this all the time. Right. People play fast and loose with the verbiage on it, right? So it's like, okay, cool. Uh, easy mode. Well, easy mode has a different connotation than accessibility. Like, I want, you know, able gamers. I want Steven to be able to play games. I right. want all these different things. So... I feel like when we start going into accessibility, we start trending into territory I'm not familiar with because, you know, I I haven't had to deal with that and I don't know what that's like and I don't know when that comes down to a button mapping issue or if it comes down to how twitchy a game needs to be, blah, blah, blah. I think there's a, a way to meet in the middle where it is that a developer like uh, from software can say that, you know, well, what we make are games that are gruelingly difficult and you need that challenge of the boss and you need to be able to get over that. And there needs to be s- somehow for them to have that vision and make the game they want to make and that be okay. Yeah. But it also be that there's other developers, Corey Barlog, right? Just spoke up, right? Of like accessibility issues have never stopped me from making a game, right? right. Like in terms of I, I want people to be able to enjoy it at any level. And that's, so different when we start talking about these things is art. We sort of talk about start, and then there's this conversation about how we talk about them as players, how we talk about them as a business. There's a million different moving parts to it. I don't think there's a turnkey solution where it is that all games have to, have to do this. They have to be. And this. it's and it's um uh you know it's it's refreshing to hear a, a kind of a, a nuanced 
uh, take on it because what I've seen on the internet is everyone was retreating into two very polarized sure. camps. Sure. And there's been a lot of. Uh, well, I think that's the, the benefit we of have of this debate. show and the kind of funny audience, right? Is that nothing we do is short form. <laughs> right. <laughs> nothing we do is 280 characters. And when you try to boil it down to 280 characters of, no, fuck that. There shouldn't be an easy mode in secure. It should be hard. Sure, I get that, and I understand what you're saying. That's not what certain people are arguing for, though. There are people arguing that, yes, I wish I had it on, there was an easy mode and I could go do this, but then there are people that are arguing, well, no, I just want to be able to play the game, and then right. there is this, how does that work, and should that be on Should that be on uh, the back end of the Xbox, the PlayStation, uh, I would assume PC is doing something, of key bindings and going through, and like, well, then it wouldn't even be an issue for the developers to tackle on a game-by-game basis if there was one overarching thing to be able to do. do, do. And it's a giant ball of wax that I think Above all, wherever you come down in this argument, this discussion that's been going on, thank God we're having it. I think this is. I think I, I think it's a worthwhile discussion to be to be to be having. Yeah, and that, sure. I, I remember the first time I went into a, a GameStop and they were selling smaller controllers, and it was that idea of why do you well, uh, who's playing control and like somebody i remember being like oh well you know my girlfriend the controller is a little too big for her i was like oh okay and kind of rolled your eyes and walked away not thinking about no first off there are people with smaller hands obviously right but thinking about like no different size controllers aren't probably for people with smaller hands necessarily they're also for people who can't use a controller due to a disability yeah due to an accessibility issue and i think as we've talked mm-hmm. about uh the learning experiences i've personally gone through when it ter- comes to my entire life this is another one of them that i think until i met steven and really talked talked about uh things that were happening right steven uh you know steven from yeah, yeah. gamers right i don't know if we've ever talked about this steven and i he was the guy that he was the guy that i think introduced the whole idea of hey it's not just about difficulty but about accessibility not everyone can play these games yeah like you can oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh, we yeah wanna, he's we, been pushing. we want to feel included too yeah no no uh, i think he was the guy that, oh, that widened the debate 100 percent because he got to be out there and be that voice and yeah. i think you know something i don't think we've ever talked about on air not because we're afraid of it just because it hasn't ever come up the way Stephen and I, I think, knew of each other on the internet, as I know of so many people on Twitter and stuff like that, but didn't interact too much. I think I maybe retweeted an Able Gamers thing, and I thought, thought it was a cool charity and didn't think anything about it. The way we actually started our friendship is that I crossed the line. Like, I, it was PAX, PAX, uh, one of the PAX Wests. Maybe, maybe it was PAX East. Doesn't matter for this conversation. But it was one of the League of Heels things where we all go and, you know, dress yeah, up yeah, in yeah. crazy costume and do stuff. Oh, so it must have been PAX West because at PAX East, I had gotten injured by Dan Reichert where I had gotten, he had elbow dropped me and almost broke my ribs and it was this huge thing and I made this whole thing up. And so for PAX West that year, what I did is that I came in in a wheelchair and I, I wouldn't, I, I I was doing like a Stephen Hawking thing where I was just sitting there with a keyboard typing, acting like Dan had hurt me. And it, and I had Andy Cortez who didn't work for us at the time, doing the mic, like talking for me. Okay. And it was in my head and in my mind and what I was doing. It was so crystal clear. I'm a heel in that federation. I'm doing this to make Dan Reichert feel bad, right? To right. try to get to try to grease the wheels so I can get to where I need to be. It was clearly I wasn't injured. I was faking it. I'm a I I am a jerk. I am a douchebag in the League of Heels thing, right? right? To me, it was crystal clear. And to the audience, I think it was too. And to everybody we were going with who knew us, obviously, this made perfect sense what Greg was doing. What I didn't think about, of course, is that. I'm not Greg Miller performing in backyard wrestling anymore where once we finish the tape, everybody knows what's happening. It was that people in the room saw it and didn't know who I was and were not comfortable thinking that I was making fun of disabled people. Right. It then got out to people went from there to able gamers and were like, hey, you've talked to Greg Miller before. He's making fun of an entire class of people here, entire group, uh, you know, entire uh, uh, portion of people who love video games and like, and it was that thing where to Steven's credit, he did what I don't think I'm I, I mean, I know I fucked it up before. I think I think for the most part I'd be good. But what he did is he totally kept his cool. And the day after PAX, when we were back, he emailed me. He was like, hey, I'd love to get on the phone with you and talk about PAX. And he and I was like, oh, OK, why? What's going on? And he's like, we had some complaints about you after the League of Heels thing. And I just wanted to talk to you. And so we got on the phone and he I explained everything I just explained to you of like, oh, my God. Well, no, it wasn't me making fun of being in a wheelchair. It was me trying to be a bad. I was being Bobby the Brain Heenan. I was being stuff I had seen in WWE, right? Of I'm just using this to get to the moment where I can capitalize on it and be a bad guy or whatever. And he was like, I get that. And that makes perfect sense. And I know you and I know your heart and I know where you're coming from. That is not what was projected. And the, uh, for outside of that, when right. somebody sees that on Twitch and has no fucking idea who Greg Miller is and doesn't know yeah. he's trying to do all this stuff, yeah. that reads wrong. So that was a teachable moment for you. 100%. And ever since then, like we've been thick as thieves in terms of 
I obviously was already helping. I'd like to think, but I th- I'd like to think I'm even more on it now. I, but this is what I'm getting at is that these are issues that I'm fortunate enough to never have had to think about of not. I, yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Dark Souls. I play and I'm like, nah, not really for me. Not because it's too hard, mainly because I just want to play that kind of game mm-hmm. you know, where I do need to ram my head into the wall over and over and over again. Oh, here's how I do it. And I'm going to beat the boss and move on to the next thing. I have that luxury where I'm able to do that. Not, I'm not in a position where I literally physically, if I wanted to do it, couldn't do it and have to wrestle then with what that means. And so it puts us all into an interesting place. I think where we need to be able to have the discussion of, well, what does that mean for a developer trying to make a game, trying to make their art, trying to make it is, what does it mean for people as players? What does it mean? And so like back to the nut of what I was saying here, right? Thank God we're having this conversation. Thank God we're to this point. I think we like. I think if if you were to glance at the internet in 2019, you'd think that this is a place where there can be no discourse, there can be no conversation, there can be no personal growth. Yeah, it is one side or the other, and we're going to go to war about it. And yes, you do see that in comments. Yes, you do see that in YouTube videos. Yes, you do see that stuff. However, there is a giant sect of us learning all at once, learning from each other. You know, having Steve Saylor on here, the blind gamer, right? And when uh, Capitalist Pig and I talked about this uh, news on the day when we were talking about accessibility, right, to have then Steve uh, write in and give us a really rundown of like, well, here's what it means to me and what this actually means. And it's not an easy mode thing. It is an accessibility thing. Like, there's so many different perspectives. And I think we lose sight of the fact that they are all at our fingertips right now. And when somebody challenges you and says something and presents a, a, a an argument that you didn't even think about, you don't need to then entrench yourself down. Bat, you know, right? Stephen could have called me and I could have been like, get the fuck out of here. It was a joke. You know, it was, you know, I, I could have ratcheted up instead of, well, no, I didn't mean that. And what do you know? And oh my God, yes, influence me and teach me, right? Like you're talking about teachable moment. I think we don't take advantage of those enough. And so I think that, yes, there is so much fervor, so much fighting, so much anger about these yeah. things. There's also a wide majority, like I was talking about a silent majority, that hears this and goes, oh, man, I'm going to think about that. And I'm yeah. going to try to be better. Something I, something I read um, the other day that I thought was quite interesting was that apparently this discussion is something, um, you know, again, difficulty, accessibility, all these issues that we're talking about that, yeah. that, that, that obviously came out of, you know, Sekiro is where this started, but it turned into a broader discussion. Um, was that this is actually something that now is being very um, uh, much discussed by people in the game development community? They're all talking amongst themselves, both with both you know in their own teams and you know developers from you know, from other uh, places are all getting together and having these discussions and they're having thoughtful discussions about this. Like, should we be thinking more about? Accessibility, about difficulty, about easy mode, about all these different things. Uh, again, how do you stay? Like you know, Sekiro is making a is, is making an artistic statement in how difficult it is. I just that's part of the art that it is. I understand that. Yeah. But what about the people that that might want to play it but feel left behind because it doesn't cater to them? How do you how again? Like you said, there's no easy answer, and be, and it's and and a lot of people in game development now apparently are having very thoughtful discussions about this, but they're not having those discussions in the public square because they're worried about the ultras piling onto them. Like the people sure. that only see it from their, you know, very polarized point of view. Like, you know, there's, 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 there's no give or take here. Get, you know, get, games that are hard should be hard. And if that, that's not, you know, games can't be for everyone all the time. Yeah. And a lot of the, you know, the, we've seen all the memes and the stuff that have been going around the last couple of weeks. It's turned, it has turned into a very polarized, very fractious discussion. And it does, it's one of the, one of the problems of the internet is it facilitates discussion, but it's always the loudest and most polarized voices that, that seem to kind of define the debate and it and it and it makes it very difficult to have the kind of discussion that we're having right now where it's where it's more moderate and you're seeing it from from all angles yeah exactly and that's the thing we lose so much of right and i feel like you it's not even so much i you know i, I glanced at the chat while we're going right okay and so and there were there's of i'm course sure there's a, a lot of strong feelings in the chat of course and again they're putting out their line and in, into in a void for the most part having a conversation with each other right and i know i usually don't bring up the chat but this is the kind of things right where we're talking about basically people are like oh my god it's a joke right and talking about the the thing i was talking about from uh, Pax right, with the, the, huge, the charity right and to be clear yes it was a joke yes it was a bit i'm saying that i i i don't know if i would do it again thing but I can see the argument to do it again, but I'm talking about understanding what you're saying and what you're doing and making it clear in the joke or in the character or whatever that I was doing, what I was doing and why I was doing it. Clearly, I didn't nail that when I did it at PAX West four, four years ago or whatever, right? Like, I, if people left there being like thinking I was making fun of people who are in wheelchairs, I didn't, I didn't nail what I was going for. 
I was going for to make the point right that I'm a bad guy and I'm using this to be do bad things. Not that I'm here to make fun of people in a wheelchair. That's not what it was, right? And I think there was a specific line that like people interpreted the wrong way we didn't want it. I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm saying when I did it, at no point did I think about that. At no point did I think about what I was trying to accomplish what I was trying to do, who I was trying to go after, which was really Dan right. Riker and the you know League of Heels commissioner or whatever. Like, there's choices to be made here. In the same way you're talking about with the game's difficulty, right? There is a choice there for from software to say, we hear you, we understand you. That's not what we're doing here. That's not the game, and that's not necessarily the wrong choice to make. That's their choice to make, and you get to decide if that's a choice you want to back or not. But that's the gray area this all exists in. And I've seen so many people reach out where it is like, specifically with this difficulty thing and this control thing, people being like, well, you know, I just don't want it to ruin the game. I don't want to do this experience, blah, blah, blah. And so many people have echo, like, you don't think that way when you see colorblind options in a menu, right? right? Like, that's what we're talking about here. Things that, similar to yesterday, we're talking about how change is always met with, uh, like, oh, I don't want anything to change. I like things how they are. There is a way. And I'm not smart enough right now off the top of my head or whatever. There is a way for From Software to build a game that is accessible for everyone, but is still as difficult as they want it to be for the people who want it to be that difficult. Right. Them putting in something that, you know, whether it is in invincibility mode, whether it is, um, you know, different key bindings, whether it is slowing down, the, but whether it is like Celeste where they do all that stuff. Celeste being easy celeste being a game that technically i could go in and turn on all these different buffs and still platinum doesn't take away from the person who has a personal accomplishment of beating celeste on the hardest difficulty without ever doing anything and getting all the b-sides getting all the raspberries and getting all the c-sides there's so much to be done here and so much that can be done here that again yes it is an ongoing conversation but that's it it's a conversation it doesn't need to be a fight with anybody that's my two cents. Anyway. I, I quite agree. I'm glad we talked about it. Me too. I love having you around. All right. Uh, we have another thing coming up later about game development in that try article. But for now, I'll tell you this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday in a variety of platforms. We run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny with your questions, comments, concerns, bad PSN names for just a few more hours and everything else under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record it live. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. So we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe. Uh, housekeeping for you today. Yes, that's right. There's still that wedding happening. Demetrius re today 3 p.m pacific time twitch.tv slash kind of funny games uh, again thank you to new york city for such an amazing world tour stop over the weekend vancouver you're up next may 4th we have announced where it's at you can find out at kind of slash events because i don't remember i think it's a public house or something like that um Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach, Blackjack, James Davis, and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Hims and Harrys, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Three items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Barrett, I need you to walk behind me and show the world how long the straw is because it's quite distracting. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, today's the day. You can finally start changing your PlayStation Network username. Oh my god! Wow. Shuhei be praised! It's back! That straw is way too long for that cup. Yeah, it's the only straw I could find in the office. Also, you're drinking marshmallow? Down? What is this? It's a coffee... It's a coffee smoothie. Uh, we're on a diet now, so this is what my breakfast is. Are you Venom? We're on a diet? <laughs> Alyssa and I are on a diet. It doesn't. It doesn't no, look appetizing. It does not look appetizing it's at all. What is the white stuff inside the coffee? Uh, bananas. Uh, all right. I do like a good smoothie. It just it grosses yeah. me out. It looks like puke. Please take That's it. That's a gross looking smoothie. Please take it away. Oh, Please take it away. I'm Greg, I can't eat things that look like puke. You can finally change your PlayStation Network name. Uh, the details are all over the PlayStation blog. I'm going to run you through some of the bullet points before getting to the clusterfuck of problems it might cause for you. <laughs> Number one, you can either change. This is all from Sid Schumann at the PlayStation blog. You can either change your online ID on your PlayStation 4 or web browser. That's right. You can't change it on your PS3 or Vita. The first change is free, and changes after that will cost $9.99. Uh, in US dollars. Uh, PlayStation Plus members, it'll cost $4.99 for each change after the first one. 
When changing your online ID, you'll have the option to display your old ID next to your new ID in your profile for 30 days. This will make it easier for friends to notice your ID change. Uh, you can select this option at the time you are changing uh, your online ID. Reverting back to an older online ID is free. Uh, the game must have launched for the first time on or after April 1st, 2018 to support online ID change feature. For example, a game that first launched back in 2013 that has since been remastered or resold as a complete edition in 2018 does not apply. Um, so important to point out here, it says reverting back is free. This is, I saw a lot of people calling out. You still own your old PSN names. So if you were hoping, a lot of people are like, oh man, I think when this got announced, they were hoping people would move off to other names. You'd get the old names. That doesn't exist. Names are still taken, period. Got it. You just have these new names. Also important to point out here, as they're saying, the game must have launched for the first time on or after April 2018 to support the online change feature, meaning PS3 and Vita games pretty much don't support this. And I know there's a few Vita games, but you follow my Well, this only goes back a year. What happens to, I mean, the vast majority of PlayStation games are older than just You're going to have your old ID pop up if it works at all because... They have a whole list. They have three categories of games over on the PlayStation blog when you dial into the FAQ. We have games with known, I'm sorry, games with no known issues, games with issues identified, and then games with critical issues. Let me run you through what this means. Games with no known issues, games which have been tested for the online ID change feature and no known issues were found. These games are also separately listed in games with no known issues. There's lists and lists of games everywhere here. Mainly going through, as they said when they launched this, the biggest PlayStation 4 titles. Games with issues identified. Games which have been tested and were found to have one or more of the following known issues which we did not consider critical to the gameplay experience, but which you should review to consider how important they are to you. This includes previous online IDs may remain visible to you and other players, or the online ID is no longer visible in some areas of the game, uh, like in-game rankings, leaderboards, etc. Uh, for some game titles, the online ID will automatically update if you sign out and sign back into the game, or when various gameplay activities performed after signing. User accounts on this is another bullet point now. User accounts on PlayStation may be unlinked from game accounts. Linking accounts again may restore the original linkage. And certain game settings may be initialized to their default state, audio setting, controller setting, etc. For some game titles, uh, settings may be recovered if you sign out and then sign back into the game. These games are identified by the games, li games list by issues identified. These games are also listed separately in games with issue identified. Uh, some examples here include Assassin's Creed Black Flag, uh, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, Grand Theft Auto 5, Uncharted 4, and The Last of Us Remastered. So, so some big titles. Those are some big games that now include games with issues identified. And again, very vague as to what one of these well, issues no, None of them do. sound game-breaking, but Sure, just yes. annoying. Just right. a little bit of annoyance, yeah. right? Now, here's where we get into the game-breaking stuff. Games with critical issues. Games which have been tested and one or more of the following known issues which we considered fundamental to the gameplay experience. Number one, user may lose in-game currency whether paid for or earned. That's a problem. Number two, loss of game progress, including scores and progress towards trophy unlocking. Number three, loss of UGC or parts of the game may not function properly. What's UGC? User-generated content. Oh, okay. Uh, both online and offline. Uh, number four, if you have a game in this category, we do not recommend changing your online ID if you wish to continue playing that game without losing its entitlements and achievements, which you have already bought or released. Uh, it is possible to incur permanent game errors or data loss as a result of using this feature. Uh, these games, again, are identified over in the games with critical issues. Examples there that stood out to me, Everybody's Golf and Little Big Planet 3. So, um, obviously, in each case here, there's only a few examples listed. There's, there's, is there actually a more complete list? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is what I'm doing. If you go to the PlayStation blog and you scroll in there, right. they have another list that kicks you off. So you go here, okay. boom, go. They, the games they've tested, again, not, right. not, not saying they've tested everything, but okay. basically looking at... Their idea here was, what are the most popular games on PlayStation 4? We're going to run the tests with this so we can tell you straight up if this is happening. And then, yeah, you go to this one here and then you get it all there. And so, yeah, there's other games with critical issues. It's not... The list they have here isn't gigantic, right? For critical issues, uh, it's Disc Jam, Everybody's Golf, Just Dance 2017, Little Big Planet 3, MLB 14, 16, 15, uh, Onrush, The Golf Club 2, and Worms Battlegrounds. That's it for critical issues. Okay. Not terrible, right? And the games with issues identified is a bit more of a hefty list. Let me get, get you in there to give you the list off of that one, right? That one includes a whole bunch of stuff, but I would, it's, uh, I'll run through them fast. Absolver, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, Big City Stories, Bloodborne. Well, that is a big one. 
Uh, Call of Duty Ghosts, Crossout, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, Dragon Quest Builders, uh, FIFA 17, Gauntlet, God Eater 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, Gundam vs. Guns Up, Injustice 2, Killzone Shadowfall, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, MLB 17, a whole bunch of Naruto, Naruto ones, uh, NBA 2K19, the PlayStation VR Worlds, uh, Rock Band 4, Rocksmith 2014, The Last of Us Remastered, Titanfall 2, Trackmania Turbo, Trove, Uncharted 4, Uno, Warframe, Wipeout. So again, that's All games right. with issues identified. Yeah, okay. some, some major titles in there. Yeah, and then the games with no known issues, worth pointing out, is the biggest list right. they have. Where right. it's, I mean, they, they, have, they have broken up by letter, right? So it's that big, right? Yeah, and obviously everything going forward exactly anything after well. april 2018 is all set so okay. from last year again worth pointing out just so you know games with no known issues dc universe online so keep on playing don't worry about it gary i want your opinion on all this but i think richard the bat does too so i'll turn the okay. mic over to him he wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says hey greg and gary happy witty widow wednesday we finally got what we want but what did it cost everything i like the, the thanos reference yeah, right? that's good I uh, just want to know your thoughts on finally being able to change your PSN name. I, for one, am excited to change my name, which was White Boy with the OI uh, 2749. <laughs> I was 12 when I made that, and it makes me feel weird when people start calling me White Boy while playing online. But I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big trophy hunter. Or I'm not a big fan of trophy hunting or going back to old games. But do you, th- do you think people are going to be disappointed with all the issues? Thanks for everything you do. Have a good one. Of course they are. It's not perfect. That's the problem. I think the fact that it isn't a seamless, perfect, it's just done is is going to be a huge issue, especially when you're talking about, they're talking about PlayStation 4 games. They're Again, Vita and PS3, that's just, forget about that's how it, it yeah. is. You know what I mean? It's going to be an issue. It's going to be a thing. And it is a damned if they do, damned if they don't situation where this is a decision that was made when they were building the PSN for PlayStation 3 and they didn't think through that people might want to change their names. So they just assigned, you know how this works, right? The fact that on Xbox, if you were to go into the back end of Xbox with your username, right, you'd find out that your username is just a mask. It's a doing business as. Right. You have a line of numbers that is right. actually... That's your, your actual ID. Exactly. Yeah. And then you can put whatever you want on it. Whereas PlayStation didn't think about the line of numbers. They just put in the text of whatever you said. Right. Cementing it that way. Right. And then going on... Which, this, make, which makes it much harder to change after the And fact. that's been the problem. And so for years and years and years, they've taken it on the chin. And the choices I feel for them were do nothing and have this be the question you get at every PSX at every panel at everything no matter how many times they say they were upfront about how hard this issue was for a long time of like this is a really difficult thing that we screwed up and we have to fix it uh, do this now and break a bunch of stuff you could have launched PlayStation 4 and started over but people would have lost their goddamn minds right I would have if it were, like if there was no way I don't trust them to port in all my trophies if it was like cool we screwed up the PSN now we're going to fix it, but it means you all have to start over and we can import your stuff and do the stuff and you might lose your... I, what about me? I like my username. I like my PSN name. I don't want to change it and do yeah. all these different things. They, there, was a no, there was no move here to win. This is the closest they can get and perhaps they waited too long. I would say they probably did in terms of ripping this Band-Aid off. It would have made more sense, I think, to, hey, PlayStation 4 is out. We're giving you a year with it and then we're doing this where all games going forward will do this that and the other and then all your old stuff might be fucked but are you really going back and playing your stuff people of course are like borzin zero zero who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games good morning greg and gary today is the fated day that was predicted by the gods psn name changes are finally here I could not be more ecstatic to finally be Borzin, but after reading the FAQ provided, I might want to keep my Borzin zero zero. (laughs) Dude, you're just worried about dropping the zeros from your name? I have a vast PS3 collection that I go back to. I am not usually playing these games online, but it sounds like if I change my online ID, it could be problematic with my PS3 save data, and I could even lose trophies. There is actually no mention about issues that could happen with PS3 or Vita games. May it rest in peace. Should I continue to proceed with caution and just be Borzin zero zero forever, or is proceeding with caution the best thing? I need to say no one there. Shit, thanks for everything you guys do. Well, for you, Borzin zero zero, yeah, just stay Borzin just, zero zero. Just stick with what you've got. It's two zeros at the end. Who cares? Yeah. Are they calling you zero zero, and that's making you yeah, mad? Yeah, it's not like it's, it's not like it was Bors and Hitler was great or something like that. <laughs> you know, I can understand how you would want to you would want to change that. <laughs> yeah, that one I, I would. In get. that case, that, one that, might, that might even be worth losing a few trophies over. But if it's just like here's the here's my overall take on this. Yeah. Everyone and this and what's sad about this is this is exactly what not will not happen. But everybody needs to, who's interested in changing their name, needs to 
do the research, read the document that Sony's provided about the about the, the, the possible risks and rewards, yeah. and make an informed choice based on their own unique case. I think... I, I'm actually kind of amazed that Sony's done this because, again, obviously it was not easy for them to do. There must have been a tremendous groundswell of, of consumer sentiment for them to make this change, given that they're buying, or basically they're just buying themselves a bunch of aggravation. Because here's what's going to happen a lot of people are not going to read the notes about possible conflicts with games. They're going to make the change, see the conflicts, and then start hitting up Sony customer support saying, Oh, what's going on? Why do I lose my trophies? Or why my settings changed? Or why can't I play this old PS3 game yeah. anymore? But if you're if you're listening to this podcast, or if you are reading the patch notes and you're making an informed choice, you've got you you've, you've got to weigh the risk versus the reward. Again, if you've got a terrible username that you absolutely hate, and you don't re- and you and you typically only play modern games, you don't go back and play play older games very much. It sounds like it might be worth it changing your name. You're gonna you're, you're gonna get a big reward in changing your name to something you like more and getting rid of the one you don't uh, like anymore. And there's very little risk because you don't. The games that are going to be affected are older games that you maybe like. For me, for example, I mean, I don't want to. Try, I'm happy with my name. My name on PSN is just Witter. Yeah. I'm happy with it. But again, if it was something horrible and I really wanted to change it, I probably I th- I would feel confident changing because I I'm playing new P- PS4 releases that are coming out. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm typically not playing like older games. I would be fine changing it. I'm 100 percent with you. That's that's where I would fall into if I was changing it right now. Again, this is me as who I am as a consumer is the fact that yeah I usually play new stuff there's tons of games I'm always like well if I just sat down I could get that trophy I, I'm only one away and fucking whatever game for a plat I'm never going back to that it doesn't right. matter I don't know where the saves are I'm usually just moving forward so yeah it wouldn't be that big of a deal to change this and never look back it's, but if you do have this extensive PS3 collection I would not risk it and if not unless you're Borzin who's now somebody is stealing Borzin right now by the way Borzin right. 00 yeah, you've lost already it. gone it's gone, anyway, yeah. it's gone now but if the, if you don't if you just want to change your name, let it ride for a month and see what happens. A week and see what happens. Somebody already in your wrong points this out. A paragraph I blew past, even though the FAQ they put in kind of talks differently. Whatever. Here's a graph from this. We do want to take this opportunity to clarify one point. As a result of the preview program, we found an instance where a game did not fully support the feature, even though it was originally published after April 1st, 2018. Contrary to what we published in our original announcement, uh, all PS4 games originally published on or after April 1st, 2018 have been developed to support online ID change feature. However, since they have not all specific, been specifically tested with the feature. We cannot guarantee that they will all support it. For details and information, we can turn... Ter- in- so, even, so even that has a caveat. Yes. Even though they come down here and they say... You're good after April Why 1st, is it that only games published after April 1, 2018 were developed to support the online change feature? Games published after this date were developed using tools that support an online feature. All right. So basically Sony's saying, if the game came out after April 1st, 2018, you'll be fine, don't worry about it. Except in the case of certain games that we don't know about yeah, yeah, that yeah. might be a problem. I, I, yeah, all PS4 games originally published on or after April 1st, 2018 have been developed to support the online ID change feature. But we do not guarantee that all games will fully support the feature. What? <laughs> they have been developed to support the online ID change feature. But we do not guarantee that they will fully support Look, the feature. I would say in general... Again, everyone, it, it's it's unfortunate that Sony, because of the way they originally built out their system, have not been able to provide a kind of one-size-fits-all fix. Like, yeah. like you can do on you know, Microsoft, you, on Xbox, you can change your name. Change it and left and, and right, willy-nilly, and it's, nobody and it's cares. all good, because like you said, it's just the front-facing part of your ID, not yeah. the ID itself. The Sony system, because it's different, they're, 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 there's all these kind of different caveats and, you know, watch out. Uh, I totally get it. I think that... Now, given that Sony was not able to provide a, a one-size-fits-all solution, the onus is now on Sony to educate people as much as possible about the risks and the rewards, and for people to make sure that they are educated before they make the change. Yeah. And in general, I would say you've got to you've got to really feel strongly about wanting to change your name because you just never know. It's very much Superman in Superman Two, right? Climbing into the crystal, getting bombarded with the red sunlight, coming out a normal man. Right. It's, I mean, that's what's happening here. Like, are you prepared to live with those consequences? Are you prepared to go to a truck stop and get beat up by a trucker? Well, but at least, I mean, even in Superman's case, so when he went into the chamber, he knew exactly what he was going to get. There wasn't like... Wait, he didn't really there wasn't, there wasn't, know. There wasn't, there wasn't like a 10-page Kryptonian fact saying, oh, well, you know, some of your powers might work, some might you not. You say that, we he comes out with my blood. We haven't, we, haven't blood. Te- we haven't tested everything yet. Yeah. You know? It's laying it out there. It's, it's similar is all I'm saying, all right? And you need yeah. to be very sure if you go in there. You can revert back, but who knows what you'll have lost. Right. It's, I, I do think it's a... I think there's... Uh, here are the wrinkles. Obviously, as we said, it comes down to what kind of gamer you are. Are you really going back to any of your PS3 games, your old PlayStation 4 games? 
All right, that's on you. You got to decide. The fact that Bloodborne's on there, granted, not with a critical issue, but like known issues. That's a weird one. Mm -hmm. And that's, I guess, just again, how it is. What are you going to do? And then it's the idea of like, yeah, how many people are going to dial into this and never look into any of this? Where they go, what does it look like? I wonder when you go into your PlayStation settings, like they don't, I bet they don't kick you to cool, hold up. Like some of your games aren't going to work. Here's a bunch of lists. You know, read like a EULA, read through this list and hit accept if you really are down for it. We'll see. It's going to be interesting times ahead. I think that as much as Sony has tested this and tried to prepare, yeah. again, you, you never really know until this. it goes out into the wild. Yeah. The, the, I think the following... I fully expect that once this actually goes out into the wild, uh, as of today, over the coming weeks, you're going to see a lot of reporting on sure. unforeseen problems. And again, that sucks that it isn't a turnkey solution. I do think you have to give them credit for doing it. I, this wasn't easy. They could have ignored it. They could have not done it. They figured out a way to do it. Yeah, there's a lot of problems. Yeah, like you're saying, the next month, a couple months are going to be a big deal of well, like what's there going must on. Have been, I mean, I, again, I'm not totally plugged into like the PlayStation scene. Sure. Uh, I, certainly not I, as much as you are. So maybe you can tell me. Was that, I mean, was this, was this something that people were really yes, pressuring yes, Sony to do? Yes. They, people really oh wanted God. this. Oh my God. For okay. years and years and years and years. And for a long time, they were quiet about it. Then they started being more public about it. Listen, this is why we can't do it. Then they're like, all right. Well, then they said we were working on it. Then that went on forever. Then it sh- the PSX Sean Late is like, hopefully this time next year, we w- won't be talking about this. Then the, they didn't do a PSX that next year then the thing it's a huge thing coming that again like and don't get me wrong it sucks it's not perfect it sucks that way back in the day they made a stupid decision on what your name was going to be in terms of their architecture and they've been stuck with it they did something they're there they're working through it and you hope that a year from now it really doesn't matter we've gone they've gone through the growing pains they figured all the stuff out they've done it this is where it comes back to i think and i know you know corporate apologist greg miller or whatever but i think it is that they are just people over there and they made a really stupid fucking decision back in the day and now they've made a solution the best they can and now they got to ride that snake and see what happens. I, my, my advice to anyone listening who's thinking about it, again, I, look at look at your own case. Re- educate yourself, read all the information and it's a case of... For someone like Borzan, my advice... He's Borzan, asking me right now. He's, he's, he's literally asking us for advice. My advice, stick with what you got. Borzan 00 is fine. You play older PlayStation 3 and Vita games so you're in a high risk category. Yeah. Stick with what you've got. If, on, if you're someone more like me who again I'm not looking to change my name but sure. let's say that I, I was kind of irritated by the, like, well, let's say that I hated my name sure. and I was I really I, it was something really embarrassing like the white boy example like something you're just embarrassed by and you typically only play newer games you know newer released games again I'd pull the trigger no, no I, I would pull the trigger but again just know that it's not bulletproof you never know what might happen true so again, I, I I fully expect the next few weeks to be interesting in terms of some of the anecdotal stories we're going to see. Oh my god, I can't emerging. Wait. Number two on the Roper Report comes from IGN, where Joseph Noop, that's right, friend of the show, he's been on the co-host before, uh, broke out something from uh, that old IGN Unfilter, Ryan McCaffrey's podcast. They had Ubisoft chief, whatever his title is over there, uh, CEO. I guess it's in the article. I should just look at it. Yves Gilmon on uh, and talking about longer game lifespans. Uh, Joseph Wright, these days, more and more big budget games are turning into what's called games as a service, lengthening their lifespans and introducing new content on a regular basis in order to keep players enticed for more than just its first week. Think Destiny, Fortnite, and now Ubisoft's The Division 2. While the growth of games as a service hasn't always been a favorite trend among gaming audiences, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guimont thinks it's about way more than dollar signs. Quote, because we put a lot of time and effort in crafting, creating universes, cities, and worlds, what we try to do is give possibilities to stay there for a long time with lots of different gameplay and the possibility to be with your friends, Guimont said on this month's episode of IGN Unfilter. Uh, why do you want to redo everything each year if you can imp- improve and increase the experience in one game? It's easier for us to improve and increase the number of possibilities that the game can bring rather than starting from scratch. Just a fun tidbit out there. I think we all guessed that point. It's nice to see Yves talk about it. We talked about how successful Ubisoft's been at when I say it's a Ubisoft game now, you know what that means. Oh, giant open world, tons of shit to do. They're constantly updating it. They're still putting out a Assassin's Creed. Probably not Creed. as good as the E3 demo. No, fuck you. Get out of here with that. That's the old That's the old Ubisoft. That's Watch Dogs. That's Watch Dogs 1, not even now. You know what I mean? We're talking about goddamn Assassin's Creed Odyssey still getting cool stuff. You and me addicted to the division. Yeah. Like, I like that. I like that. Like I said, I'm a big, I'm a big Ubisoft fan. Like I said, I'm more likely these days, just, just sight unseen, um, if you if you were to say to me, hey, there's a new game out from Activision, a new game out from EA, a new game out from Ubisoft, all AAA, which one? That's the only information you've got is the publisher. Yeah. Which one would you want? I said, give me the Ubisoft game. Sure. 
What's your gear score right now in uh, Division 490. Two? Four ninety. So it's got a lot of work to go. Sure, you got to grind. You're on that grind. You got to. It gets to a point where like that's kind of where four ninety is like roughly where you cap out just through playing the game. Sure. As a normal person would right. play it. Yeah. And then getting your gear score up over five hundred. Um, is when you get into the really kind of incremental n- nitty gritty stuff. That's when you got your spreadsheets out. You're looking yeah, at what yeah, perks yeah. to put on what things. Yeah, really min max. Yeah, yeah. Which is not necessarily my thing, but like that's where I am in the game now. Yeah, I got my first exotic weapon. We've one earlier. Hey. That's a hassle. It's very hard to do, but very satisfying when you get it. Oh, God, um, so it's a lot of fun, and I and I agree with uh, what the guy's saying here. I think this is you know. I mean, would you rather if you think about something like division? Yeah. Would you rather? play the Division 2 for a year and then next year there's Division 3 which is another city another world they've made a bunch of improvements but you're basically starting all over again or would you rather spend three years in an ever evolving Division 2 when you say it like that that's a tough call yeah New city well, gets that's the, but, that's, but that's the choice that he's talking about here yeah I, I mean I think Ubisoft's just doing such a brilliant job with it of the fact that Assassin's Creed Odyssey is still like the number three game in my games folder on my PS4, right? Mm-hmm. Because I know they're still putting out DLC. I still haven't finished the last DLC. There's still so much crap to go back and do, Ask Cassandra, which yeah. I'm all about. Right. After after having platinum the game, that's the biggest thing, where it's the same way I, was, I talk about with Division 2, where I want to platinum Division 2. I will platinum Division 2. I'm what it's a... I'm like 85 hours into the Division 2, right? Yep. Something ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm not platinum chasing it. I'm just playing the game. I'm just happy to be there. I'm happy to turn it on, run around, and do whatever I can for that yeah. little bit of time. Yeah. And that's different for me. It's not like Destiny 2 where I platinum Destiny 2 and deleted it off the PS4. I was like, right. that was a great time, and I'm done. What like, was the di- so? What's the difference? Because they're, well, they're both similar kinds of games. For me, they're I trying to keep you. They're both trying to keep you around for the long run. Sure. What is the Division Two doing that the Destiny Two did not do that kept you around? For me, I think it's the fact that there's the constant drip. Uh, and this is, I'm a novice at Destiny Two, so if I, I know things have changed, Bob, well, you, you can't be that much of a novice. Well, I mean, well, I mean, now I don't. I couldn't even, I couldn't even talk to Andrea Fran about it because right, like right. so many updates have happened. But I feel like there's just the constant carrot at the end of the stick of the division, right? Where yeah. it was like, cool. Oh shit. Shit, Tyler Basin's out next week. Oh shit, the raid's coming out this way. I'm like, there's still like, you know, we know that the 25th is the raid, right? Like, we know that there's yeah, more looking stuff. To coming. Eight players, that's gonna be fun. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I can't wait. And so it's like, oh, I want to get ready for that, and I want to do that. And then it's a personal preference of I like third person shooters better. I like more grounded stuff better. I like being yeah. able to see my character and get new outfits. Like, I think they're doing a great job with the projects of like, cool. Here's your first apparel event, and like, right. here's all these different things to go run and do. And it is that idea of like, you know, we're playing. And it's just like I feel like changing it up. You know, Andrew's in a menu, so I go through and change my outfit. And Make right, look. right, yeah, yeah, just a hell of a game, Gary. Hell of a game, but this, but there, there is a, but there's a, there's an interesting um, discussion that Eves is is touching on here, which because because Ubisoft do seem to be trending towards this model of rather than releasing a new division or a new Assassin's Creed yeah. every year, they, the it's it's a new game less often, but then more investment in the back end of that game. Yeah, it seems to be working out for them, right? Yeah, you see with, I mean, For Honor, you see with Rainbow Six Siege, you see with Assassin's Creed, and now the Division Two after Division One did so well. Yeah. They have an idea. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They were able to fight off of Vendi. Go get him, Ubisoft. And by the way, it is about money. That's of course, it's about that, money. Yeah, yeah. That, I thought it was a misleading title let's for be IGN. Honest, but it's, it's also like they want to keep engaged. It is about money. But hey, as usual, if you didn't know, IGN does a podcast called IGN Unfiltered where Ryan McCaffrey just interviews people from the games industry, and it's awesome. You should go give it a listen. And then number three, and finally... Apex Legends is testing punishments for quitters. This is from friend of the show, Imran Khan, over at Game Informer, who writes, While the latest Apex Legends updates have some temporary issues, they also gave a hint at an upcoming policy change for the game. (coughs) Since Apex Legends is a squad-based game, you can end up immensely screwed if a player on your squad abandons the game and leaves you short. But there's currently no method of punishing people who do that. That might soon change, says Respawn. In the most recent patch, players were noticing there was a five-minute cooldown between matches if they quit mid-match three times. This turned out to be a feature that went live too early, but is currently in Respawn's pipeline. In the future, players who quit games early will get escalating cooldowns after certain thresholds. It's not a thing you would notice unless you're quitting constantly, but if you are, Respawn seemingly wants you to stop eventually. Quote, so internally, we've been working on and testing this feature, but it wasn't our intention or plan to have it go live with the update that went out today, Respawn's community manager posted in the game subreddit. There was a piece of script that was missing and caused the leaving match early penalty to be turned on when it shouldn't be. That's why it it wasn't in the patch notes. This doesn't mean there's no room for gray area here. If your squad isn't full and you abandon the game, you're fine to quit and try to matchmake into a different set of circumstances. If you have already bled out and died, you can also just quit without repercussions. Under a normal match rule set, though, it's encouraged to stay and stick it out on the regular. Respawn doesn't commit 
doesn't commit to this feature making it into the final game and they don't have an ETA on if it eventually does but it is apparent that they're testing it for right now it has been removed from the game for going live too early but it could make it in there down the road Gary you love it or hate it sounds like a it sounds like a good reasonable solution to a common problem I don't like rage quitters yeah I am one I don't, <laughs> I don't like myself I don't like myself <laughs> yeah um but yeah, there's there's nothing worse in a in a squad game than somebody dropping out because they don't like the way the game is. They, they they see the way the wind's blowing. They don't like it. Yeah, yeah. They well, want to match into another. Time. They want, yeah, yeah. want into a match into another game right away. Uh, so they so they leave you you know holding your dick. I not I'm not a huge fan of that. You hate holding your dick. I, <laughs> you wrote Star Wars Rogue One. You have all, you pay people to hold your dick. <laughs> And uh, there, need, there does need to be a solution, and I think that this is this is actually a great uh, one. Right, as you were reading, I thought, oh yeah, what, a, what an elegant solution. You know, yeah. it's not you're not banned or anything, but you, there's a cooldown before you can. Yeah, like a slap on the wrist, like, hey, and stop it, doing this. And it solves exactly the problem. Well, what it does is it takes away the the exact reason why people are rage, people are rage quitting, not just because they're tired of the game that they're in, but because they want to get into another one right away. So if you say, well, look, if you rage quit out. You're you're gonna have to wait five minutes anyway if you do it on the regular. Yeah, uh, I think I think this is a good solution, and I, and I like that it's only punishing people that do it habitually. Yeah, because exactly. Because every, everyone everyone's allowed a little bit of rage quitting in their life. Sure, I get of course. it. I get it. Of course. But if you're if you're making that a habit, like every time you feel like oh, I'm probably not going to win this game, let's let's drop out a match into another one. Those people do need to be dealt with. Exactly. Make and so this, this seems like a good solution, Gary. I sure am excited to see when this gets put in to Apex Legends, but who knows if it ever will be, and if it will be, it'll be a way away, and I don't like way away things. I like things that were more pertinent in today, like what came to the mom and grop shops. Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah! Before we get to the list, let me tell you about our sponsors because we're having a hell of a show. Uh, first, it's Hims. You've heard us talk about Hims for a long time because they're helping guys look their best. If you haven't yet, it's time to see what they're all about. Sixty-six percent of men lose their hair by the age of start to lose their hair by the age of thirty-five. Once you notice thinning hair, it can be too late. That's why when Nick and Andy noticed it, they were like, "Hey, KFA of buddies, we need to do something about this." They went to forhims.com where they talked to a doctor, sent in photos of their hair, got uh, generic equivalents to well-known prescriptions, and got on a, a regimen to help themselves out there. And that's why Andy keeps using the hair loss gummies and why Nick keeps stealing them and making everybody mad about it. The best way to prevent more hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. It's time to get a handle on those precious locks. Uh, do you want a bald spot to pop up on your hairline or your receding hairline, or do you want to do something about it first? Let me, let me tell you, you want to do something about it. As someone who is bald yeah. in the back... yeah. It's not, it's not, you can it's try not this. Fun. You can go to forhims.com. No, it's too late for me. It's never too late. A one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for, and more for men. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to treat hair loss. These aren't snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. Our listeners can get started with the Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today right now while supplies last and subject to a doctor's approval. See the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy somewhere else. Go to forhims.com slash games daily. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash games daily. Forhams.com slash games daily. And our second sponsor is Harry's. Harry's founders were tired of paying up front for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. They knew a great shave doesn't come from gimmicks like vibrating heads, flex balls, or handles that looks like spaceships. Tactics, the leading brand, has been using to raise prices for decades. They fixed that by combining a simple, clean design with quality, durable blades at a fair price. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for 95 years. They've received more than 20,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Harry's replacement cartridges are just $2 each. That's half the price of the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. Uh, and all of Harry's blades are 100% guaranteed. Tim Gettys uses this. That's what he does when he trims up the Tim Tam beard. And you know, Tim's always looking fly. Uh, you can get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, like the weighted ergonomic handle, five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trim trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash gamesdaily. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash gamesdaily and let them know we sent you to support the show. Show, show, show. All right, list of games, Gary, that are out today. You ready? I'm ready. I'm, 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 there's something that I thought was on here, 
that, that was going to be on here that's not. So I want to ask you about that once you're done with no, the list. No, don't try to stump me. Uh, Construction Simulator 3 is out for mobile devices. Uh, Vaporium is on Xbox One. Cook Serve Delicious 2 is on Xbox One and Switch. The Mystery of Woolly Mountain is on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, Mac, Switch, iOS, and Android. Royal Roads is on PlayStation 4. Plague Punk Justice is on PC. Metaverse Keeper is on P- PC. Uh, Switch and Shoot is on Switch. Good name. What, what did you think was going to be I on? thought Dangerous Driving was out today. That was yesterday. Oh, it was yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's out now? Yeah, oh, yeah. i got to go get it. Okay, okay I'm bye. excited. <laughs> as soon as I'm out of here, and leave. As soon as I'm out of here, I'm going to go I'm gonna go download it. I'm Perfect. very excited about Dangerous Driving. Everybody loves it from everything I'm talking oh, about. Yeah? You're a big well, burnout guy? What, have we not had this conversation? Huge know. burnout guy. Love, love burnout. Always felt like I wish Criterion had been able to continue making those games. Sure. So I love the fact that, that this is a bunch of ex-Criterion developers essentially going back and making like a, a, a an old school throwback Burnout yeah. in Orbit name Burnout game. The only thing I was disappointed to read because I read the reviews this week, uh, no multiplayer. Apparently that's coming down the road, but all you have for right now is out of the box is a single player campaign, which I'm sure I'll oh, enjoy, right, right. but I want to race against other people. You'll get there, don't worry. Yeah, we'll get there. Okay. But for the most part, I mean, it seems like a very, very OG burnout experience. Here's the thing. For that, for that I am grateful. When we were at Kansas City, people were always writing in, you know, oh, what game would you like to see brought from back from the dead? Where is it? You know, kind yeah. of thing. Almost like Road Rash, which I love, and I do want yeah, Road yeah, Rash, yeah. but I've been beating that drum for a while. Here's the real one, Gary. How has no one made a spiritual successor to Crazy Taxi? And I don't oh, mean I, like, quite agree. I quite agree. I don't mean a half-assed one. Like get a real soundtrack again. Have them drive around to real locations again. I'm a huge fan of um, driving games, racing games, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Where you're not just trying to beat the clock or be the first one over the finish line. Sure. I like games that have a different objective, like Crazy Taxi. You pick up a passenger sure. somewhere. My favorite driving game of all time is Chase HQ. You know where you're chasing down the criminals. Oh, you ever play Chase HQ? I don't know it. No, I don't know it. Okay, so Need for, Need, the Need for Speed Hot Pursuit games kind of ripped that idea off a little Jerks. bit. You know, there's criminals trying to escape yeah. across the county line or whatever, and you have to kind of chase, uh, catch up to them and Knock ram them, them off the road. get yeah, them yeah. off the road. So, you know, it's it's driving, it's action, but there's also like a different objective other than just, you know, beating, win the race. You know, win the, you know, get in the top three or sure. beat your, your sure. previous time or whatever. Um, but Burnout, obviously, one of the things that it did was add a lot of those features, you know, whether it, whether it be taking down other vehicles, crash mode, all these really, really fun features. You're still racing against the clock, yeah. but they made it about more than just racing against the clock. Well, that's why I like Paradise. When Burnout yeah. Paradise came out, where it was like, I'm not good at racing games, but I can just drive around here. I can break billboards. I, there was enough little things to do that didn't yeah. involve me having, until I was comfortable enough to go race and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. New dates for you. Inside Xbox is coming, and they have a rundown on what's happening. Tuesday, April 16th at 2 p.m., uh, there's going to be an Inside Xbox for the latest news on E3, including Xbox Fan Fest and more. Our hour-long April episode will explore some exciting Xbox Game Pass news, new details on the much-anticipated anniversary update of Sea of Thieves, special guest Rod Ferguson from The Coalition, first details and footage of the Warhammer Chaos Bane beta, an exclusive look at Rage 2, a handful of exciting black back compat announcements, and several surprises we're saving for the show itself. Plus, if you watch live on Mixer while logged into your Xbox or Microsoft account, you'll receive an avatar item from Rage 2. Finally, due to popular demand, we're bringing back the Ebon Flintlock in-game accessory from Sea of Thieves to celebrate a year of fortune and stories set on the high seas. So, Tuesday, April 16th. Get stoked about that. Alright? Good? We're great? Perfect. Uh, Vambrance, Cole Soul roguelike RPG is uh, coming out on PC May 28th. Uh, Uragun, a uh, futuristic top-down shooter is coming to Steam in October. Deals of the day for you. We got an Xbox Game Pass update for April for you. Prey is coming April 11th. Uh, the Golf Club 2 is coming April 11th. Monster Hunter World is coming April oh, Game 18th. Game Pass, that's a yeah. big one. The Walking Dead, uh, the Walk- Telltale's The Walking Dead, A New Frontier, April 18th. Uh, Life is Strange 2, Episode 2, April 24th. And Resident Evil 5 on April 25th. Uh, Dylan, a.k.a. The Big Dill. Writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hello, KFGD crew. My question for today is in regards to Game Pass. There were some new games announced this morning, and it seems like a pretty big deal to me because they're adding Monster Hunter World and RE5 from Capcom, Prey from Bethesda, and Life is Strange Episode 2. Not sure if Episode 1 is already on there. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, these are all some major third party studios. Uh, do you think Microsoft is gearing up to blow everyone else out of the water with Game Pass? Gary, what's your read on Game Pass? I like Game Pass. I had a subscription to it for a while, and I didn't keep it because just just for the the period that I was on it, the games that were available, I was like, eh, maybe this is worth it sure. to me. But it seems like they're getting more and more aggressive and getting bigger and bigger titles on there. Yeah, yeah. So if they if they continue to to double down on that, I mean, what is what is what does Sony have that I know I know they have PlayStation Plus, PlayStation but it's not, Now it, too, but it's not quite as I don't know. Game Pass seems like. Sony doesn't have anything quite as cool as Game Pass right now. 
PlayStation Now you subscribe to and you get into, right? I always fuck this up, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, there's, it's a subscription as well for PlayStation Now. But I think it's more... That sounds right. Right? Hold on. I'm just going to do it because I got the computer. I might as well, you know, earn it here. Well, PlayStation Now. Online streaming service for PlayStation 4. And yeah, enjoy 750 games on demand. So oh, okay. it's, it's the very same thing. That's their version of it. But it's the thing where, yeah, Microsoft's more aggressive about it and at least at least more aggressive about promoting it they've certainly been marketing it better because again it seems it seems like sony does in fact have uh their answer to game pass but uh, no one's talking about it to the same degree yeah exactly and that's the thing and i think it's because microsoft is out in front of it right the playstation exclusives you're looking for are there last of us god of war blah 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 and then yeah greatest hit stuff you see Fallout three batman arkham city this is for playstation now i just feel like yeah you're not seeing what Xbox is doing with Game Pass, where you are getting stuff like Monster Hunter World, Life is Strange 2. That's, I mean, Monster Hunter, I, I, was, I, I literally went, like, kind of stopped a little and said, shit, Monster Hunter World, that's like a relatively new, really big Yeah, it's title. a year out, right? Yeah. 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 And so, I, Dylan, you know, asks about, you know, is Microsoft gearing up to blow everyone else out of the water with Game Pass? I don't think they're gearing up. I think that's what they are doing. I think and they the made, way- I imagine you covered this on a, on, a, on a day that I wasn't here, but there was also some interesting news about how they're combining the Xbox Live subscription with Game Pass. Yeah, there was. Is that rumored though, or is I that officially? It was it might, or I think it was one I, was I remember going. reading something about the other day where for you, you pay a little bit extra, but you you essentially get both in one, which would be a, which would be a really sure. Cool I mean, one. I think that's. I mean, what we're going for, I think, when they launch the next Xbox, when they talk about Scarlet, whatever they're going to do at E three, I think it is them lining up that hey, here are our services, and our services are unmatched, and this is why they're included at a cheaper fit rate. This is why you should do it. it the, I mean, think about again, like I always talk about this with uh, Game Pass, where it is going to be hey, if this rumor of the Xbox One S all digital. Digital, right? We have this Xbox One S that's just digital. There is no disc drive. You're going to get it, hopefully, a hundred bucks, ninety nine, ninety nine, right? And you put it in, and then you, for ten bucks or whatever, di- whatever promotion they're running, you yeah. get all these games that are new games, right? Yeah. And I think Dylan's talking about, you know, oh man, they're bringing in big publisher or big third parties. Yeah, I mean, Prey didn't do as well as people wanted. Monster Hunter World has dropped off. Life is Strange Two, I think, is having a hard time getting its grip in anything because you just don't hear people talking about it like they did Life is Strange One. Mm-hmm. That's the power of Game Pass, where it is that you can go out with these games that are already there, put them out, and get people stoked. And I, Monster Hunter World is such a great game that when you get in there, the hope is you're going to go spend money on cosmetics or DLC or whatever. Yeah, and if you look at the the, the kind of the big long term picture of this, I think this is the direction it needs to be going. And look at the way that we already consume all our, other, all our other media now. It started with music, with Spotify and Apple Music and services yeah. like that, and Pandora. Um, and now, look, how do you consume movies and television these days? You mostly go to like Netflix or Hulu or whatever, and you, right. you don't... It's very rare these days. I stopped buying Blu-rays a long time ago. I don't go out and buy movies a la carte anymore. I do yeah. sometimes still buy digital movies, but for the most part now, when we watch stuff at home, you know, you go to Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or where, wherever it is that you're going, and you browse a vast on-demand selection of, of entertainment. That's how, it, that's how it's been a long way for... been that way forever now for music. It's it's it, that's now the entrenched way that we consume movies and television. I think games are next, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Individual kind of a la carte games purchases are going to go away, and we probably will end up with a vast subscription. Service. I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna find AAA and big games and big publishers still putting their stuff out. Right? Hey, here's what's happening. This is where you can. These are still events that we want you to go buy. But what you're seeing with Game Pass, which again is the difference of PlayStation Now, I think Game Pass is doing. Hey, it's all of our stuff day and date. All of our you know AAA games. Granted, it's Crackdown and stuff like that. Sea of Thieves. Make your jokes if you want to. Then it is that we are partnering with indies. We are partnering with smaller game studios to make their games day and date on uh, Xbox Game Pass. Right below, which had been in uh, works forever. Here it is. It's on Xbox Game Pass. Jumping into it. And then it is that we're partnering with games that that I think traditionally the PlayStation model would have been to partner with them for PlayStation Plus, which is still, you know, Xbox games with gold is still a thing. PlayStation Plus is what they pushed in your instant game collection, whereas in reality now, Xbox has this Xbox Game Pass that has more, more closer to current games, if not current games with day and date stuff that is yeah. ready to go. And I think the other thing that's going to push this in that direction is the cloud stuff, whether it be Google Stadia or xCloud or whatever it is. You know, we're, we're moving more towards this, you know, infinite content and infinite variations where you know it's not just about um i was talking to my kid yesterday my six-year-old and uh, she was browsing netflix and my wife and i were talking about like what it was like when we were we, we when we were kids and i was explaining how we had three tv stations and that was all we had to choose from and she couldn't imagine i'm sure her mind her mind was was blown what? by that it's like what do you do if there's nothing to watch and i was like well you 
go read a book, do something yeah, yeah. else. Go outside, yeah, throw some, rocks. Sometimes there, rocks. Was, sometimes there was just nothing to watch. And now, we yeah. have, now of course, we live Bless in the you. opposite situation where there's so much to watch. We're almost paralyzed oh, by, sure, yeah. by, choice. The, by the choice. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and I do, think, I, I do think we will get that way uh, with games. I think Stadia and xCloud and whatever, I'm sure Sony and Nintendo are working on their versions of these things as well, is that we are, we are going to eventually get to the, you know, the... When you think about like the, the the infinitely scrolling Netflix grid of infinite options, I think that probably five ten years from now, that's how we'll be playing games as well. Uh, two people in in the chat or the uh, you're wrong pointing out not that we're wrong, but maybe I made it sound something different. That it's important to remember. This is Westbury. Important to remember when discussing Game Pass versus PS Now. PS Now made three times what Game Pass did last year. That doesn't surprise me, and I didn't mean to make that point that PS Now is a failure or something. I think it's the what, to the question was: Is Xbox gearing up? Are they going full bore? You know, is, are they gearing up to blow everyone else out of the water with Game Pass? I think again, what I've been talking about is I do think Xbox is ready to go to war, and I think win the early parts of it for sure, the early battles with next generation. I think this is going to be a huge part of it. Of no, no, we're partnering with people to get it out on the same day that it releases for everybody else. We are partnering with it that it's got more current stuff than older things. Like is, we're not talking about a Fallout 3, we're talking about a Fallout 4. Something right. to that effect. We'll see though. Lots coming. But thank you for giving me some tidbits in there. It's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in to kind of, no, patreon.com slash games. You Give me your name, username, platform choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Scuba Steve needs help on PlayStation 4. His PSN name for the moment is Steve X 418 and he says, I'm looking for help in Far Cry New Dawn on PlayStation 4. I am one platinum away from getting the, or I'm one trophy away from getting the platinum. Platinum number 188. Get on my level, Greg. How many platinums do you have? I just got 81 last night, number 81 last night. He has 188 platinums? Yeah. That's a lot. God bless him. Uh, and I need a best friend to run some expeditions with. My username is SteveX418, and I am online mostly nights after 9 p.m. Eastern time. Any help would be appreciated. If you'd like to help out, SteveX418. Get his Far Cry, New Dawn, Platinum Trophy on PS4. Hit him up. Uh, time for your wrong. We've been good at keeping up with it, so there's nothing to report. A lot of rumors and deals of the day. That's not a your wrong, though, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, tomorrow's host... Is going to be Andrea with me Friday, Tim with me. Thanks for coming by, Gary. You're here all week. I am here finally. You know what I mean? Not so, next week. That's how I do it. So you got a wedding uh, today, big right? day ahead. Yeah, yeah, Very exactly. Exciting. KFAF is next. I'm sure it's going to stink the join up, and then we have a wedding at 3 p.m. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. You know what I mean? I don't know. If, I don't think we're putting it on YouTube later. So if you want, if you're catching this way later and you want to see what the wedding was like, come on back to Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Scroll down. There's a little archive there. You can click on it, and there you go. You can see what we did. All Until right. next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.